0: Well, hello, this is Laura Camacho. Welcome to the Speak Up podcast. Today's guest is Bonnie Caver, who is not only the president of Reputation Lighthouse, and she's based in Austin, Texas. She's also chair of the IABC, which if you didn't know, that stands for the International Association of Business Communicators. And it's an international, uh, as you guys obviously with the letter I. It's an international organization and you all know that I love uh, intercultural and international communication. There's always good stories from that. So welcome Bonnie. It's uh, Thank great, you. It's great to have you here. Uh, I, I would like to know to start off with uh, how in the heck did you decide to start a reputation lighthouse company 16 years ago and how did you even get into this racket anyway?
1: I think I was born into this racket. Uh, it, it, it really is a long story, but um, to make it short, my father used to run an electric co-op in Western North Carolina. And when the, when the electricity would go off, they would call her home. And about eight or nine, o'clock, nine years old, I started asking, can I answer the phone? And he would say, sure, you can answer the phone as long as you promise if they cuss at you, you hang up.
0: (laughs) And so I
1: I started helping my mom answer the phone. My father would be at work um, and we would just take information about whether they'd lost electricity, where they were, whatever. But I really was engaged in understanding their stories and and what their needs were and finding ways to help them out immediately and and give them the 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 information that they needed to to ease their fears because, you know, you may have an ice storm, you may have, um, you know, snow three feet deep, um, you may be worried about, um, you know, the health of someone. So you had all these worries. And as, you know, a 10 year old, 11 year old, I just love talking to people and, and answering their questions and letting them know that it was, you know, in process to fix, and they didn't need to worry about it.
0: That is so cool. I was not that at all. I was, I was, I was the not a good communicator. So <laughs> that's great. You had a definite great training there in, in talking to the clients of the electricity co-op. How wonderful. Well, please explain. I'm so fascinated, and I and I bet a lot of people in our audience do not know what a reputation architect is. So tell us about that and tell us the reputation architecture story. So
1: really and truly that's kind of self-proclaimed, but we look at organizations, um, with, with a different eye. Uh, a lot of times you're doing reputation management. You're looking at your issues, you're managing crisis. And we said step back and how do you look at actually building the brand that you want to be known for? And what are the things that you put in place um, to own your reputation versus letting the world own it, you know, and some people would say, well, you're just, um, it it has to do with your narrative, but in reality, it really has to do with making a living brand. And for us, we, we put kind of a mathematical formula around it and, and brand equals um, when you look at culture, when you look at communication, And when you look at connections, those relationships you're building, that engagement, and that makes a living brand. When you have all of that going uh, in your operations, that makes a living brand. And then when you insulate that with crisis management, with doing the right things in the community, with corporate social responsibility, then you really have an opportunity to drive your organization and you're no longer the reputation firefighter. You're no longer coming into the office saying, what's going on that I've got to put out this fire? What issue do I have to talk about? Because you know that you're doing the right work, you're set up organizationally, you're building the right culture, you're building the right relationships, you're making decisions based on your brand promises. Therefore, you're actually every single day as a leader, moving forward with with the reputation that you want to have so that's why we call it a reputation architect we're actually proactively driving the reputation that we want to have into a marketplace by creating a living brand
0: i love that that is fascinating i love the the cross-sector or the intersection of culture communication and connection. Well, as a fellow business owner, oh, and by the way, everybody, Bonnie is a Tar Heel. I know that there's a bunch of Tar Heels in this audience. Yes. Yay, UNC. (laughs) Yay, Tar (laughs) Heels. I just thought I needed to put that in. Um, So how do you have time besides running your own company to be chair of the IABC? How did you get into that?
1: Well, I've been a volunteer with IBC for a very long time. Actually, as you talk about um, North Carolina, I was introduced to IBC as a student at North Carolina in the journal- when I was in journalism school at UNC. And I became a member as a student. And off and on throughout my career as I moved around, um, if there was a chapter, I joined. Now it's different. You don't necessarily have to be a member of a chapter. You can, you can be a member at large, and thanks to to COVID, I guess, um, we really are uh, global in the way that we're connecting. We've always been global, but but there's a difference. I can go to a London chapter meeting. I can go to an Australia chapter meeting. um, So there really is this opportunity to um, weekly attend things where I'm learning across the world. Um, as a member of IBC, but I started um, as a student and have volunteered off and on at a chapter level at the region level and the opportunity uh, came to be on the board. And um, and then I raised my hand um, when I was asked, and uh, they say it takes three times uh, to say yes, and I guess I said yes on the third time um, to run for the chair. And so you do a vice chair, a chair, and a past chair. As a business owner, um, we looked at it as a client, mm-hmm. um, you know, and allocating my time as to uh, I would look at IABC as the same amount of time I would allocate to being the account manager for a client. So the rest of the team had to agree to take on um, more clients that I couldn't take on. Uh, And it's worked out, it's worked out we're halfway
0: through my chair year and it's worked out pretty well. Well, and it's actually uh, architecting your own reputation, right? Putting your money where your mouth is by being so active in this nonprofit organization, volunteer organization and uh, and and it's one that's aligned with who you are um so that's a that's a great great example well so since you are chair of this um international organization and we are in the year of covid and uh, you know and political disruption and all kinds of things so what are, what are the trends that you're seeing in communication whether it's Inside organizations or um, between organizations? Like, what, what are the things that you're seeing? What are the concerns that people have now that maybe in January we didn't think about? Tell us about that.
1: I think everything's accelerated. Um, as communicators, we have probably had a lot of this on our radar already for our organizations, but uh, you know, there's nothing like a crisis to bring, bring up gaps. Uh, bring in areas that you really need to close and, and do a better job with. Um, the USC relevance report uh, says that business is no longer just about business. And I think that really encapsulate what we're talking about. Uh, communication professionals are needed to guide companies across the world today in this convergence of business and social issues that we're faced with every single day. And business is really uh, I don't think we're quite ready to be thrown into this whole societal conversation. And that has been probably the biggest challenge I think companies have faced, other than certainly uh, COVID as, as well. But, you know, we're looking at brands being community leaders. Um, they're being asked to, to wear, you know, to tell the story of wearing masks. Um, we looked at companies using their ad time to tell people to go vote. Um, and uh, just recently, Dr. Fauci met with a bunch of CEOs and asked them to really come to the table to help um, encourage people to take the shot, because if for it to be effective, 75 percent of Americans need to take the shot, uh, around the globe we need to take the shot. And he was asking CEOs take a leadership role here, help us convince people to take the shot, help us tell the story. So that then says we're now explaining science right. as company.
0: That's amazing. <laughs> so
1: we, we now have to tell a story of science that we weren't telling before, even if we're not in the science business, right? right. We, have to tell, we have to talk to our employees about whether they should wear masks. You know, back in April, whether they shouldn't wear a mask, mm-hmm. um, whether they should social distance, um, whether they should come into the office. All of a sudden, we were put in a position to talk about science that we really didn't know and that was changing every single day. We're really looking at purpose-driven organizations, and we're being held accountable for that purpose. Um, You know, and I think brands and communicators are now becoming change agents.
0: Ah, I love that. That is so true. I I really see that. Uh, Do you? That's great. So just to recap, things are accelerated, and I think uh, uh, the others may be falling under the umbrella that is just not about business because we're now not only have a have a business that employs people and provides value and by the way can you help solve societal issues on top of that so that's really is a big ask uh to get and of course i think businesses have always been somewhat in the uh, participating in the societal conversation but now we're expecting companies to step up more like you said the brands to be community leaders and uh and and yes what if you're you know you sell tennis shoes and now you need to talk about science that's a big stretch there Uh, and I think communication professionals and uh, I think also with the working from home tell me what you think of this that it's even on the individual basis, that it is more of an imperative or you could say competitive edge to be a a persuasive, engaging, um, empathetic communicator who doesn't take all day to get to the point either. You know, somebody who just hits that nail with the hammer frequently. What do you think? Do you think it's more important now to have that skill of getting a point across
1: it's not only getting the point across, but it's storytelling, and we've talked about storytelling for a while. Mm-hmm, um, we but have. It's, it's how, how do I relate? Um, what are the metaphors? What are the symbolism? How, what, is, what is it that can be used to help me relate to the scenarios that are going on? Um, it, and that's a little different level of storytelling. It's not just our messaging you know we we as communicators were like let me write the message and the narrative and and we'll communicate it with our ceos but but reality is now we have to go a little deeper we have to connect the values we have to make people understand complexities change is complex uh the science is complex the agility and the movement is complex and we have to to make everything relatable and valuable, which is a whole new level of storytelling.
0: It's so true, relatable and understandable. We're just mm-hmm. taking and, notes. And valuable, me. And valuable, really right?
1: Valuable, valuable to me. What's in it? it we've always talked about this. <laughs> what's in it for me? Right. But it really—it's not just what's in it for me, but how do i really understand what's in it for me how am i reminded of that how am i brought along what's the learning around this um is really important in how we we communicate right now
0: yeah especially since we're not in the same space you know we're not in the same room i can't touch you on the arm i can't see that somebody you know is looking you know a, a little bit unhappy so maybe i should ask him what's going on you know, that we've just lost so much nuance and so much spontaneity. I think we have to compensate for that by being more structured, more strategic. And um, what, do you, what tools do you suggest or like what is your, you know, to help people, you know, say um, a, a controller at a large beverage company or a director of learning at a hospital or as a, a programmer in a tech company, like what is your uh, advice or your, what, how can they take, you know, they're the ones in the middle, you know, they have people below them, they're reporting the senior leadership, they're bearing the brunt of all of this. What mm. What is your reputation, uh, communication, suggestion for doing all that we're talking about. Cause we're just really basically telling everybody, guess what? You have more work to do. Right. Well, I
1: think, I think first of all, we have to understand that behaviors have changed mm-hmm. and, and um, you know, and the whole dynamic of communicating both internally and externally has changed. Um, and even if you were a remote organization before we have so many, uh, companies that have been remote for years, my company started 16 years ago, we're remote. Mm-hmm. Um, but the dynamic has changed because now we're sharing wifi with our partner or our roommate. Now we have kids at home. Um, so a lot of the things that, um, even those that were remote before, we have distractions and disruptions. Then, then you moved everybody home. We moved everybody home who was working in an office and we made sure they had a computer. We made sure that they had the technology they needed, that they could get to the files they needed. What we didn't do is change communication flow Mm -hmm. and everything was built for working in the environment that we were working in the way we worked with teams the team leaders, um, the um, focus, you come to the office, you either are in the, uh, you were in a workspace where the flow of information happened, you had your big conference rooms, you had your whiteboards. It's not really about the tools, it's about the environment where people are and how the communication is now flowing. You talked about we have, um, we have introverts who are now thriving We have extroverts who are not thriving. Um, So our influencers have changed in organizations. Um, Now we have people who were quiet in a conference room who are now leading calls uh, because they've just changed their environment and they feel a lot more comfortable in their environment but we haven't taken into account that. We haven't taken into account the way communication is now flowing, the way teams are working. So we have some real challenges and we're beginning to see that really hurt us, um, you know, from that perspective of culture, from that perspective of um, corporate social responsibility, from that perspective of um, really innovation uh, and the things that are making us differentiators. that collaboration isn't happening the same and we have to look at different ways to fuel that. And if you are the manager in the middle, you now have a boss that's making sure you are doing things and you now have a team that you have to make, um, you know, that you want to be motivated and to move forward. But are we just doing the to do's and we're doing them and it's taking us so long to do them. Um, We're fatigued. We feel like we never have days off we aren't sleeping well so there's a, a well check um there's a way uh to improve the mood um i'm seeing you know with companies things that would normally be a blip in someone's screen they're saying it's a disaster
0: No, oh, right It's epic.
1: You know, it's a catastrophe. And those people would have never said that before, but they're just so fatigued with the change. They're so um, tired that every little thing puts us on edge. And and I was reading an article the other day that said it's really about mood. Um, Our mood's changed. Uh, We don't have... You know that commute where we're listening to our podcast. We don't have that, even though we might be yelling at other drivers. We (laughs) don't have that that commute where we're we're listening to music. Um, I'm seeing people who are starting conference calls with music. Oh, really? That are saying saying, go dance.
0: Oh wow! Um,
1: Let me see you dance. If you want to turn your camera off, then that's fine too. Um, But how are we going to change the mood? to this and if you and how are we going to see where you are because I might not could see that roll of the eyes that I normally would see I might not see that I'm sitting back in my chair crossing my arms um why did I turn my camera off did I turn my camera off because I'm eating lunch because you plan lunch you plan this meeting during my lunch hour and this is the only time I can have or did you upset me so badly that I'm Close I turned off my camera so I could punch fists at you. <laughs>
0: right, right, right.
1: We aren't seeing that. So how do we bring in tools and how do we put in some workflows and some rules of engagement? Mm-hmm. So that, that we have a safe space when we do come together and we're collaborative and we're working well. Um, even in IBC, when we're across the globe and we have a board meeting, we start the board meeting with a uh, one word that describes you today.
0: Okay. And,
1: and, you know, tired, um, restless, frustrated, impatient, excited, Happy to see, I mean, you know, we get all of that, but we at least have a tone for what the conversation is. And I would imagine if you're dealing with your team and you started out a, a conference call like that and everybody was tired and frustrated, you know immediately that you're going to have to do something to change the mood mm-hmm, so that you mm-hmm. can be innovative and creative and impactful. Um, I... I one of my kids, um, classes, they start the class with, would you rather? Oh. And it totally changes the mood. And it's one of the things that comes to the dinner table mm-hmm. is the daily, would you rather? Oh, um, and because it's, it gets, it gets the kids in virtual school to collaborate with each other, to, to get in chat and then some real interesting side conversations happen of you know would you rather have x-ray vision or be able to read people's minds would you rather fly or you know what are those things and and it it you know you begin to look at the gaps you begin to look at the problems uh so you immediately become creative in some way
0: yes I love I love all this I think um well the way I'm seeing is like we as we've mentioned people basically have To do more, we're being expected to do more and yet we, or, or you can say there's more load on the brain. There's more cognitive load. Maybe your job hasn't, maybe you don't have more to do officially at work, but you do have more stress because as you said, even if you were working from home before, now your spouse is working from home and then your kids are at home and you know, the dog and the UPS man and wife sharing the Wi-Fi, So there's more stress. And at the same time, we don't have our normal social encounters where we process these emotions and, you know, to have meet somebody for a coffee after work or, or at work and, and and process. So from my point of view, what I'm seeing is that the examples that you gave of having the, you know, would you rather or what's your mood in a, in a word, in some kind of icebreaker or question of the day is imperative to allow people to, and not only to allow, but to facilitate. We have to make it easy for others to express themselves. And uh, I, I had not heard about starting with music. And I think that is a very cool innovation to, and, and, and addressing the, our emotional side this it, it is
1: and it, it and sometimes you might you might ask what's the music too that's kind of interesting what 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 would be your um we did one with what would be your walk up song
0: oh nice that's a good i don't know that's, what would be your walk up song yeah I'm always i'm you know i collect uh questions like that uh because as an introvert, as somebody whose brain freezes when saying, "Well, Laura, what's a good question?" Oh, I don't know. Let me look at my list, <laughs> and then I can tell you. <clears throat> but I, I, I think it. Yeah, it is the introvert opportunity right now. Working from home, definitely, we are feeling more comfortable working without the distractions of the office of people interrupting. But on on the other hand, there's the the saying that. Even the people I, did, I didn't like at the office, I miss seeing them at the office. So right. uh, it's uh, it's crazy. But in my research, people actually overall want to keep working from home part of the time. They want right. to keep working home two to three days a week and go to the office some. So I, I think that it's uh, that is a permanent change. We don't know exactly how it's going to pan out. And how does working from home, since you're, you know, in- deal with culture in your work. How does that play into an organizational culture? Isn't it harder, more challenging to uh, share a culture if everybody's working in a different place?
1: I think you have to fuel it more than maybe you did before. Um, You know, naturally, uh, if you're in the same building, um, and your leaders are there and you have the opportunity to see them in the hall and to, uh, to emulate each other, um, especially when you have a good culture, then that's much easier when you're in the same building. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, when you're not, then we have to look at it as, it, you know, truly as a behavior norm. And how are we changing or fueling the behavior that we want? And there's, there's like four unique traits of a culture. Um, mm-hmm. And it really has to do with achievement, uh, with people first, with relationships, with that fulfillment. So what I'm seeing is there is a real lack of that fulfillment and achievement. We're doing a lot right now to take care of people
0: mm-hmm.
1: and to put our people first. And, and do as much as we can. I think companies are doing a pretty good job of that. And we're really fostering those relationships, trying to do everything we can to make those relationships stay. But we're so tired mm-hmm. and we're trying to just get, we're in change fatigue because every day we're changing something. It's, it's not like we're just implementing a new software uh, across the board. We're changing everything. We've been... 250 days in change where our our clients are in change where we're in change where our families are in change so we have this change fatigue and it's hard to remember what our goals were and to focus on where what our achievements are because we look at the news and and we're back in covid again we're back in sh- shutdowns we're getting the calls saying don't go anywhere with your family for thanksgiving stay at home so we're, we're not seeing the achievement, and that's hurting our culture right now. As leaders, we have to show that we have had achievement this year. I would say going into Thanksgiving, it's a really great, great time to, to be thankful of the things that have happened that are blessings and that mm-hmm. have been achievements for your company. It's a really great time to tell your employees that. I that they have, have made achievements this year. Yes, it has been hard, but here are the things we've done. They need to celebrate that because that's missing in the culture right now. And that personal self-actualization of mm-hmm. being professionally fit, fulfilled and, and having personal values around an organization, those are that's being left out right now as well. Because we're not going to volunteer together, Um, we're not learning as much from each other. We're getting on the screens and we're getting off. Mm -hmm. Um, We're we're slacking, um, but uh, it's just about getting the job done. It's really not about that fulfillment of of do I absolutely love coming to my job every day? Do I love what I'm doing? And for those people that that got fulfillment from their relationships and from people that that you know, they got to have lunch with in the cafeteria or they had the water cooler conversation. Even even people who love to talk are tired of Zoom. Mm-hmm. The happy hours, the Zoom happy hours are dwindling. Mm-hmm. We don't want to do them anymore. So where are we providing our fulfillment and the value? So I think that's two pieces that are really important to culture right now. And it really goes to making it structurally operational. And leaders have to communicate it and communicators have to, have to really lead here. We have to communicate how you're achieving. We have to communicate that fulfillment and value because we're not really seeing it right now. It's, it's not just, naturally being viewed.
0: It's so true. And I just, just before we started our conversation, I was coaching a woman in Chicago and she was telling, I mean, she just started off I'm tired of COVID. I'm tired of staying home. It's gray. It's cold. I have two small kids. We, you know, it, and it was exactly what you're saying it's, She's she's um, just tired of all of this. And, uh, it, it and there's no, I mean, yeah, we had the vaccine. So that's a little bit of a, of a light at the end of the tunnel, but it doesn't seem very close right now. And I think, um, That, yeah, that the achievement piece, you really nailed it there, that when we don't have any sense of progress and achievement, then we don't, it's just hard to be motivated on top of everything else. So I, I, like a hot priority opportunity for all leaders, figure out a way, let your team know that they have achieved, spell it out. Just like the practice, what I do for myself (laughs) because <laughs> you know my boss is a terrible person. she never gives me any kind of recognition that um, <laughs> so I write down my own wins every week. Uh, but tell me, tell me how do you, Bonnie, you know you are a very busy person. you have kids, you have a, you know your own company, you're chair of an international organization. Like how do you keep yourself inspired and how do you keep yourself you know how do you manage your mood? Do you have any insight there for us?
1: i've really worked hard during covid to to elevate my mood and to really take control of it and i've uh, and part of it is i mean just to be selfish um, for a minute i i 'm the chair of Ibc I should have been in Australia and New Zealand visiting with our members that got, that trip got cancelled I should have been in Europe visiting with our members that trip got cancelled um, so i've had to have all of these conversations via Zoom and talk to people about the challenges and the changes. But what I've found is there is such hope Um, there is such an opportunity for communication right now that I'm just jazzed about it. Companies need communication professionals to help them through this very difficult time. So kind of the crisis manager in me sees this win, Mm -hmm. sees this opportunity for our profession to step up and for it to be a time for us. So that's really exciting to me. And I keep my eye on that ball. I do listen to a lot of music and I do dance a lot. Okay. Um, but i 'm also you know i 'm really also constantly learning to me this is a time to learn um, it 's a time to learn from each other it 's a time to have a conversation with someone in Australia that are going to restaurants for the first time because they 've been locked down mm-hmm. uh, for through through their you know mm-hmm. winter months um, there so it 's an opportunity to uh, to take on a new challenge i 've started putting out a book a, a week on LinkedIn um, just saying here's a, a book that I enjoy you might you might want to read it I hope more people will share oh, that
0: oh I'm totally going to look at that that's awesome yeah. <laughs>
1: And um and to be honest I just took a, I just took a certification class that I finished last night. Mm-hmm. Um and it was 8 weeks uh at Northwestern on change on the strategy of change management mm-hmm. because I believe it's what we're going to be doing for the next eight, as communicators for the next 18 to whatever no, and, and, and we know can, <laughs> right yeah we know how to communicate change, but it's more, it's very important that we understand the business acumen Mm -hmm. and we understand the business strategies around change and we understand where people get hung up in change. And so I, I said, well, you know, this is a great time to take a class. Uh, I'm not traveling, I'm not out in the field. Um, so I'm truly trying to, uh, be inspired by others. Mm -hmm. Um, there's some amazing work going on in, in communities, um, there's amazing things that companies are doing. The innovation I'm seeing from companies, the opportunity that companies are are partnering with their competitors to come up with, with vaccines, the opportunity that aviation um, may be looking to a technology to cross, cross-pollinize innovation. How can we There's so much going on right now that's very exciting. And as communicators, we have the opportunity to really tell a story and bring people along through this change so that we'll all be better at the end. And that's very inspiring and exciting to me.
0: I love that. I love to, you know, to see, you know, recognizing the challenges and the disappointments I was scheduled to speak at the IABC in Chicago in June. And that was one of my big disappointments from this year. I, of course, I did the webinar and that was fun, but it's not the same as the, you know, that there's nothing like the energy in a live audience and that um, I miss, but uh, we, as you say, we learn and adapt and we will hopefully get together in groups at some point in the future. So this has been so inspiring and illuminating. I really appreciate this. Uh, Bonnie, would you like to share, like if people want to get in touch with you and like the two sides, like somebody might want to get in touch with you to talk about reputation management and your communication business. And somebody might want to get in, uh, in touch with you through the IABC side. So tell, you know, tell people how they can reach you.
1: Well, just connect with me through LinkedIn. It's probably the easiest, and it's just Bonnie Caver on LinkedIn. Caver is C-A-V-E-R, and um, there's not anybody else there with that name. So, oh, you can lucky buy- you!
0: <laughs> lucky there's, there's actually a lot of Laura Camachos in the world. I didn't know. Well, Bonnie, is there any last thing you'd like to share with our audience about you know your your advice or what you know what's your What's your motivating messages for people to manage their moods? Any final words?
1: You know, I, I just wanna give a plug to communication professionals. Um, y- you need them as leaders on your team. It's very, um, it's very lonely to be a leader right now. Whether you're a mid-level manager or you're the CEO of a company, there's so much coming at you. There's so much complexity. Um, make a friend of your communication professionals and help, let them help you through this. They're strategic thinkers, they're intuitive, uh, they're empathetic, they know what's going on in the world, and they can help you through these complexities
0: love that love that yay communications people all right this has been awesome i know you all i hope everybody's been taking notes as i have there's although there's no test and uh we appreciate bonnie caver being here and thank you and i'll catch you at the next episode have a great day talk to you soon bye-bye